Okay. Thanks, Alexa. Okay, so we should be. <laughs> Thanks, Alexa, you dumb whore. <clears throat> All right, so now we're recording. So um, you should um, do your fucking little, your fucking little whore. Are you on the little thing? Hi. Do the thing. Well, welcome to Candy Corner. I'm Ken. This is Andy. We're going to be talking about politics and things. Uh, we might even have a segment if y'all are lucky, where we talk about things I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> so to start off, how about we talk about something close to uh, close to home here? How about Buckhead Jojo is trying to secede from what? From their county, I think their county. They're basically basically becoming their own city. Because they're sick and tired of the way that Democrats are running their city into the ground. Should have done the Sandy Springs thing and never joined the fucking thing to begin with. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you have you have places like Seattle where the entire the entire uh, riot division. That I don't. Was, want, or, that's Portland. Portland. I don't want to get it wrong. That's why I'm here with my autistic. And I'm that guy that's like, hey, you remember that movie about that one guy and that one thing? But um, yeah. So the crazy part is their entire riot division has up and quit, and I think that included somewhere upwards of about fifty officers. They, now I don't know if they all quit policing. No, they didn't. I don't know if they quit they did their the fucking. Job. They cucked out. So all they said was, and so to be on the Portland riot squad, it's no like additional pay or nothing. It's just a volunteer group. And they said, you know what, we guys were so fucking mad at yeah. you guys. Yeah. We're going to go back to just being Can, regular I mean, cops. For the now, here's court, the thing. We're you, just going to put, a, we're just going to ignore no. crime, but in our original capacity, not with the hockey pads on. But you, <laughs> but way you to know. Make, way to make a fucking statement, guys. I mean, you know as well as I do. You've been on the volley department with a fire department. I've been a volley before I was a crew firefighter. We understand what it's like to have a desire to help people out and, you know, do shit for, for free basically, even to the extent of self-harm. But I mean, you got these guys who are career peace officers and they're volunteering their time, their energy to being essentially to beating the shit out of pregnant women, but this time in a different uniform. <laughs> I do what I do because I love it. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's a thankless job. Hey, hey, hey. There's certain parts there. I back the idea of the blue, but I don't back everything that's blue. I agree that we need law and order. I agree we need people that enforce that law to a degree, depending on what that law is. But when you got guys who are willing to stick their necks out on the line to go and deal with these Antifa babies who are lasering their eyes out, throwing firebombs on their buildings, trying to burn them inside a, a goddamn courthouse. You're making them sound like bad guys. You got a real, you're really selling them to make them sound good. You're really making me like them. They're taking the cops. And they're burning them? That's fantastic. Stop trying to sell Antifa. Okay, we got to make them look bad. Oh, am, I, am I giving a promo right now? My bad. All right. <laughs> You're giving a promo. <laughs> you unwillingly are a recruiter for Antifa right now. 
Yeah. Do you yeah. hate the cops? Do you hate police oppression? I want you to destroy everything. Um, no. So these guys are willing to put their lives on the line, essentially, to try and keep law and order in the most horrific situations possible, where chaos can truly come to form, where the idea of anarchy really becomes more of an idea and into an action. These guys are willing to stick their necks out. Then you have the people that are above them legally, because ultimately what they are is the strong arm of law. So they are the ones that physically bring a culprit into court to then be adjudicated according to their crime. But those people that are adjudicating are now going after these officers. Now, I believe in accountability. Trust me. I, I think that officers i have had my own personal run-ins and I was uh, <clears throat> attack medic with a, with a county sheriff's department. So I have complete understanding 10 years in professional firefighting and paramedicine. I have a first-hand account of understanding the ins and outs, the goods and bads, the ups and downs of first response in all three levels. So I can say without hesitation, yes, shit happens that shouldn't. And I can also say that if they weren't there to deal with it in the, to, to begin with, if they weren't even fucking there at all, a lot of worse shit would happen too. So... Now, again, I'm not defending everything that's blue, but I will say this, and I agree with you on that. They did kind of cuck out. They said, no, I'm not going to be a, a riot officer, but uh, I, let, let me still get that pension. Let me still get that pay. I'm going to still be a man. For, <laughs> I'm for, still going to protect the, the same fucking So you got these lawmakers. Throwing us in jail for doing our own job. I'm still going to yeah. support them, but yeah. uh, I, I'm going yeah. to... I am going to uh, take the radical stance of doing exactly the same thing, but now without an additional title. Yeah, Good job, guys. Much. You guys are really fucking sticking it to the man. But here's, here's the thing. Now that because they don't have a technical titleship of a, well, they still have the title of a riot division, but they don't have anyone to fulfill it. Um, they won't have any officers. From my understanding, they're not going to have any officing our presence during the next riots that are about to happen. I think tonight or tomorrow, somewhere in the next week, couple of days, there's not going to be any actual police presence during it. So if you thought that Portland was on fire before with its autonomous zones and all that bullshit, just wait till there's not even an op opposing opponent. Yeah, but they weren't opposing at all anyway. During this whole fucking time, they would be the ones getting in the way of DHS and all of them, because they're just peacefully burning down our buildings. They're just peacefully. Yeah, but Trump's out. Yeah, it's, it's a summer of love, guys. Summer, summer of love. You know, if they really wanted to stick it to them, they could have just done what the Atlanta police did and just all called in sick for a week. <laughs> Blue flu. Let them fucking go crazy. Just yeah. let them go fucking nuts and see what happens. See, here's the problem with having the blue, the blue flu is, and, and this is a twofold thing. I really think that ultimately this is exactly whatever title ship you want to give kids that are making these policies, whether you want to call them Democrats, liberals, left wing, Illuminati, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I'm going to call them fuckheads because that's what they are. I ultimately think they're in game. 
is to make the officers that are actually there for the right reasons overall 60 40 at worst in favor of trying to uphold law uphold the favor of the constitution trying to get if there's even one out of a hundred their goal is to try and weed out that one so then not only are they no longer in the position of law enforcement to try and be a representation of the true reason that an officer should be in position to begin with now they have an open position to bring in one of their <clears throat> lefty commie fucks one of these antifa soy boys to fill the uniform and really be their stasi you piss off everybody and say i don't want the cops i don't want the cops you got proud boys and everybody else that are actually stomping on blue flags and everybody's against the, the cops now everybody you got the left and right that are essentially opposing the cops and that's exactly what they wanted they wanted the idea the the impression the the representation the symbol <clears throat> of law enforcement and law and order to be the enemy and they did it and now you got people that are seeing the vacuum that for better or for worse, if they were good or bad, no matter what you think about them, now you have a vacuum of them leaving. And now we're going to see what fills that void. Well, and if you thought it was bad before, very, 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 girl, it's going to get worse. I am not a, uh, I'm, I, here, here's my stance on the police. Individual cops you can be friends with. Individual cops can be good. Individual cops can do the right thing. But the field of policing is in and of itself immoral, in my view. That's not really my view. It's the way it is. Because they'll uphold the Constitution, but they'll have no problem kicking in your door at night. That's the way it is. And stealing your guns and shit. Because when you were 12 years old, you got a felony charge and you're not allowed to have a gun anymore. But the Constitution doesn't say nothing about that. But right. they still will do that. And well, uh, I'm just doing my job. They are already. See, here's the thing. Here's the deal. <clears throat> like if the if the you know the retarded left wants to go and try to establish their own secret police, they're really doing more work than they need to. They already got them. It's called the police. They already do whatever the hell they're told to do, just because it's the law. All you got to do is get some politician to write a new law in your area, and then you're good. They'll be more than happy to act, and they'll, they'll be more than happy to round up people and toss them into boxcars because it's the lawful thing to do. They're just enforcing the law. That's my problem with policing. It's not that, the, the, you know, the cops are just, you know, they're just people, and they're just getting a paycheck. Okay, the, the field of policing isn't of itself. It's, it's not protecting people. It's protecting interests. It's protecting corrupt politicians. It's, it's, it's protecting the status quo. It's protecting power. It's protecting all these things. And it goes under the guise of law enforcement because they'll say, oh, we're stopping rapists and murderers and whatever. Fine, that's true. But you're also a tax collector. You also will enforce these stupid laws that have protect nobody because they're the law and that's the right thing to do is to follow the law you know that's my problem with it if it was a true honest to god you know we're just here to uphold the law 
the only thing they would stop and get involved in is if destruct imminent destruction is coming for your property or your person. That's it. That's all they'd get involved in. So you wouldn't, you know, these big police departments would shrink down massively because honestly, how many attempted murders have ha- like how many have happened and how good are the police at responding? They can't be everywhere. Okay. So they get called in, but most people would handle it one-on-one and the police would get there to kind of do a field adjudication, you know, but if they were really doing their job, if they were really doing it and they were honest about it, they wouldn't be doing 90% of what they're doing. They wouldn't do it at all. They wouldn't go around, you know, saying, oh, well, you put a storm drain in on your property, and we said that that's not right, so we're going to fine you or we're going to arrest you or do whatever. What does that have to do with protecting my property or my being? What does it have to do? You know, it has nothing to do with it. So they go under this flag of we're helping, we're protecting you, but in reality they're not doing anything (laughs) besides collecting taxes and enforcing the boot of the state. That's all they're doing. 98% of the time, that's all they're doing. And the 2% where they are actually stopping things and, you know, they're, they're rescuing kidnapped kids and all that, that's fine and great. But we can't pretend that that 98% doesn't exist either. Where 98% of the time they're just being jackbooted thugs all the time. And that's not to say that they no, are. I, like, I, because I people are like, you know, I have friends that are cops and my neighbors are cops and all that. And they might be fine. They might be fine people. That doesn't mean that when they're in their official capacity, they're anything better than a thug, you know? See, I think that the majority of people, and it doesn't matter what position you're in. I don't care what career field you're in. IT, coding, contracting, police officering, whatever. When your superior tells you to do something, when you micromanage actions down to an individual level of a one-on-one direction, 99% of the time, the person that is being given the order has a, feels like they have an obligation to fulfill it. And the actual brain capacity necessary to rationalize the morality and necessity of said action or order that's been given to them isn't there because that's the one thing that all society, all societies have tried to eliminate. If I give you an order, you fulfill it. I'm your master. You obey my command. And if you don't, there's going to be a repercussion for most people. The repercussion in America would be immediately the immediate repercussion that they would, that they would, suffer would be a loss of income being fired. Now, um, you know, I got, I got a family working my job over the age of 35. You start really questioning your ability to just kind of jump into a new job. It's really rare that, you know, a functioning member of society just ups and quits their job over a argument they have with their boss that's why most men die so young because or at a younger age than women because we internalize all that anger and that rage and frustration and all that angst and shit 
And then it just formulates into some kind of gut or colon cancer or nut cancer because we're just so frustrated with our fucking job and the things that we got to do to be able to make an income, to be able to keep our kids in ballet or whatever the fuck that we just, we internalize a lot and we suppress a lot of the analysis of, of our own actions and the necessity of them. And just going back to like in the Nuremberg trials of World War II in Germany, where the most common response there it goes. Given me, <laughs> and the conversation has gone 20 minutes and we're I'm back to World my job. War II. <laughs> and that's not an answer. That's not an excuse. <laughs> it was it, it lasted longer than I thought hear, it was gonna. Hear me out. <laughs> and here hear we me are. Out. Hear me out. Hitler wasn't that bad of a guy. Hear me out. Just hear me yeah, out. Hear, well, hey, look, he liked dogs. Okay. <laughs> Hey, how many people you know like dogs? Okay, he liked dogs. A puppy. No, the thing is, is when you get to that point of micromanagement and 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 analysis of social interaction, you really start having having to come to grips with your own personal moral standards, and overall in society. We have done, we've had everything done to us to try and structuralize any level of cultural or personal morality, whether as a group or an individual, where you're willing to do anything and everything, as long as it feels good, sounds good, tastes good, and is good for the now. So I completely agree with you. The now. That's just the way people are. You know, you got hierarchies and you got your boss and all that. And you got to listen. The difference between every other job and the police in this regard is that the police can put a bullet in your head and that's it. And there's no nothing about it. They can steal your property. They can steal your property. They can murder you. And they might get a ribbon out of it. That's the difference. Is just the degree to which they have been allowed to have complete control over you and your property. That's the difference. It's not that because I get that oh. you know, the, you, people will just follow whoever's in a charge. I get that. I get that people, you know, your boss is a twat munch and <clears throat> he wants to go and you, know, you got to stay, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. You know, you got to stay. I, I know it's your grandma's funeral, but you got to stay an extra hour to, you know, and you'll do it because that's what you've been conditioned to do. I get that. And there's really no way of changing that. The difference is yeah, that's a personal manager at McDonald's can't order the cashier to shoot the customer because they were getting unruly. He can't do that. You know? Well, that's the difference. The difference is the actual. And I'm not even trying to say that that shouldn't be a power you know that no one should have because if you're seeing someone getting the like getting curb stomped you're seeing a kid get curb stomped by a grown man you know you should do something about it i'm not saying there should be there may be a place for someone whose job it is to stop that and that force might include killing that guy i get that all i'm trying to say is right now the the range of offenses that justify lethal force or theft on the side of the police is way too there you go. If that it I, just narrowed down to 
Yeah, I'm just doing this because, like, here, if you really wanted to be a public servant in a police role, you could be a rent-a-cop and do more good for the public than being an actual police officer. Because well, the rent-a-cop stops thieves. The rent-a-cop helps break up fights. The rent-a-cop can do all that. Hell no. Owned. I was a rent-a-cop for a while. All you do is observe and report. You see a fight, you go, hmm, so-and-so dude in this well, shirt. Well, then just give them more authority, you know? And at least they're held accountable. Dude, they're not giving And I'm going to have a report filled out on it, and I'm just going to hand it you know, Where the state <laughs> can say, oh, we're just going to look the – like, look, there was a uh, a story – well, it happened last year, but it, now it's making the rounds uh, now. Uh, there was the state troop, and I have nothing but contempt for state troopers. Nothing but contempt for the state police. Nothing. It's right in the name. First be off, I have serious contempt for the state. So then you're the state's police force. I immediately don't like you. Immediately don't like you. I've had a lot more good interactions with local cops, and I've had zero good interactions with the state cops. State cops are just pieces of shit. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. They're pieces of shit. But so this, it was in Arkansas. Yeah. And they're just, they're literally, their job literally 99% of the time is to be a tax collector. And that's it. <clears throat> but anyway, to the store. So in Arkansas, this uh, lady got pulled up for speech. She was doing 80 and a 70 or something like that. So not really, she's not really gunning it. She's not really like street racing. Okay. And the state trooper wants to get his quota or whatever. So he put, turns on his lights and siren. And they're on the middle of a freeway and there's the shoulder is concrete. You know, there's a, a lane partition and I'm guessing. And so there's, you know, Jersey barriers along the both sides of the freeway. Mm-hmm. And you got one car's width that can fit on that shoulder. You know, it's the emergency lane. Okay. So the lady did exactly what the state police manual says to do to drivers you slow down and you turn on your hazards and that means i'm looking for a safer place to pull over that is right. what they tell you to do and she's not speeding you know she's not going a thousand miles an hour in her bugatti down the freeway she's just driving her tahoe down the interstate and she was caught doing you know 10 miles over okay the cop pulls up beside her goes back pulls up beside her back then pits her and then makes her car roll and fly into the Jersey barrier on the other side of the freeway. Now, the cop gets out of his car to go over to her and blame her for rolling her own car. Why'd you do that? I told you to stop. She's like, we're on the middle of a freeway. It's not safe for anybody. <laughs> I'm trying to find, you know, I was trying to, you know, she was explaining like, it's not safe. I don't care. You did this to yourself, blah, blah, blah. You did this to yourself. Okay. That's fine. Even though the the trooper did exactly, the lady was doing exactly what the state police told her to do in that situation. And he ended up totaling her car. What makes the story better is the chick is two months pregnant at the time. She's rolled. Cop doesn't even call EMS. Cop doesn't look to see if she's okay. He just starts giving her the, the fifth degree about why she was fleeing from his authority and how her current situation is her fault. And that's it. And he's like, get out of your car. Can you get out of the car? She just rolled her car. There's airbags and glass everywhere. And I, if I remember correctly, if I, I might be mistaken this, I think they end up pulling her through the, the cracked uh, window in, uh, through the broken glass. Pull her out. 
to give her a speeding ticket. And then she goes to the hospital, you know, they, they, they eventually get her there. And then the, the attending ER doc can't find a fetal heartbeat. So then they figure the kid is dead. And then she goes, you know, she's beside herself because it's over a fucking speeding ticket that isn't even going to generate the state that much income. Honestly, it's a 10 mile over. You're not really going to get that. Well, that's not necessarily true in Georgia. That's not true, but. Oh man. So, but it ended up, the OB ended up finding the fetal heartbeat and the baby's fine. Baby was born and now the baby's four months old. She's still suing the state police for wrong. Rightfully she's suing them for excessive use of force and she's suing them for damages, emotional damages, and probably her hospital bills from the physical day. And the state police's official response has been, well, maybe she shouldn't have ran. Maybe she should have just complied with what we said, even though they informed her to do exactly what she was doing. Yeah, and some stuff like what, that, that's crazy. And what will happen to this cop, mark my words, is fuck all will happen to this cop. Yeah. And that is why we need that that is the big issue with like could you go on the fire department <laughs> and roll someone's car driving a truck and then say why the fuck didn't you get out of my way and then have no repercussions for doing that you can't cops <laughs> can because they're the state's right arm so the state doesn't want to lose its grip over people so they're going to look the other way every time except in portland <laughs> when when the cop just stands there you need to go to jail for being a cop <laughs> why are you leaving you know outside of portland which is its own fucking you know even though I'm, I'm obviously no fan of the police the thought of a boss telling someone to do something and then that person doing exactly what the boss says only to get thrown into a cage yep there's there's severe problems with that model of doing business but I, all i'm saying is you know, the police, they just, that's the problem with policing, not the police, not the cop individually, because the individual cops can be fine. You can have right. a whole department that's fine, people right. working. Their job necessitates unethical behavior. And when they do this unethical behavior, the state looks the other way, even though they wouldn't look the other way for you or me doing a fraction of what they did. You know? that, that to a large degree, I agree with wholeheartedly to a large degree. I think that the amount of necessity that is put on police is absurd. I think the amount of laws that we have to follow is absurd. I think the repercussions that we face from said laws are absurd. And I also think that the ways that certain departments get around said laws to benefit themselves is tyranny Here, here's, something. here's something about the fuckery going on in atlanta and i believe it's with the what's one of the i think it's i think it's one of the county it's not gwinnett county it might be decab or something you know it's one of the county sheriffs it's the county sheriffs as a as a whole are doing this and one of my lefty friends you know being the brainlet that they are, can't understand what's actually happening. So the headline was, that the lefty showed was, you know, this woman was uh, rescued from sexual slavery. She's being trafficked only to get arrested for prostitution. How does that work? Blah, 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 blah. And the, uh, 
Yeah, I forget what count. I think at the time I read when I, they was on a <laughs> fucking billboard that uh, when I was living in Gwinnett, they uh, the county sheriff was like, "We stop, you know, we we rescued twelve hundred people." From this. <laughs> and then we cited twelve hundred people for prostitution. <laughs> this is what this is the uh, the way the law is written. And the way the police, so the police get a lot of leeway classifying crimes. They get a yeah. lot because they're, that's their job. Well, the officer isn't the end, end all be all. But it's not even that. I mean, it's, it's not the necessarily the system. The whole yes. fucking system does this it's, because if it, if it was just the police, that'd be an easier. Because the officer isn't the end all be all. If the yeah, officer, say, for the example, DAs, situation. It's the prosecutors, it's everybody else. You know, they're all a part of the same fucked up system. Right. But, right. what they do because is, all they're doing, all the officers are doing, is fulfilling what the big wigs in the law state says to do. That's it. And they're, I mean, they're, you can't blame them for. I mean, you can, but honestly, you can't blame them from taking advantage of a situation they were given, an opportunity they were given to make money. You can't. Right. You do the same thing. So, so this is the so when uh, Donnie was president. Uh, there was some initiative he signed that said, you know, we'll give police departments extra funding if they stop human trafficking. So what the sheriffs in Georgia said was, well, hookers obviously can't be doing this of their own free will because they're being immoral. Prostitution's immoral. Therefore, they must be trafficked. So what they do is they'd say we rescue. They go into they go on, on the street, round up about 20 hookers and say we rescued 20 people from from being trafficked the feds would give them money because now they get rescued 20 people then they turn around and arrest those same 20 girls for prostitution and they just went well both things are true at the same time they're being filthy hookers and the whole well, profession of prostitution is based on human trafficking so they're double dipping you know i mean that's just the kind that's of fucking bullshit that goes on in police departments and with policing in general and what are you what are you and I supposed to do about it? Honestly. So that's why, you know, I see when I see the 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 Antifa brainlets burning down police stations, I'm not exactly sad. <laughs> I can't be sad about it. Like, well, yeah. No, there's gonna, there's grounds for it. I mean, I'm not gonna say that that's the way to go about it, but at the same time I understand it. Again, coming from a person than that, I mean, I'm diehard American, true and true. I'm not a moron that just blindly follows. I see there's a lot of corruption and problem, but show me another grounds of a civil uh, society that has better. Well, here's the thing, you know, getting off my anarchist soapbox for a second, my privately owned anarchist soapbox that no one compelled me to stand upon. I am not for just unilaterally and immediately abolishing the entire idea of policing in this country. That would be a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> Because even though I'd be fine with it, and right. my family would be fine with it, and a lot of the families I know would be fine with it because we can handle it ourselves, we can handle our business ourselves, right. the bulk That's of it. America couldn't handle it. And all that would happen with That's that it. is people just getting, ran just getting fucking steamrolled and ransacked <laughs> and shit. That's all that would happen. So you can't do that. But does that mean we can't touch the police at all? We can't fucking do anything to rein in the police and reform what they don't know? And maybe we should phase them out, but it's going to take a long time to phase them out. Sure. But it's not like that. But I, I don't think we just need to phase out police. I, well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the deal. 
<laughs> hit that soundboard button. Come on, man. We uh, <laughs> wait for it. Come on, man. There you go. <laughs> there he is, our illustrious leader. If I remember, if I remember my American history properly, if I remember it properly, you fake news. Fake. You are if fake I remember, news. if I remember it properly, the, the current uh, way policing is done in America with departments and all that really came around in the twenties and thirties. Right. Before then, it was all private security. The president right. was protected by the Pinkertons. Pretty much. Like in county sheriffs or county sheriffs, whatever you elected them, but it was one guy. And then people, he was just kind of like, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. And everybody knew them. And if they screwed up, there goes the sheriff, you know, because everyone knew him. Okay. It was in the 20s and 30s with directly linked to prohibition where they started this whole idea of policing as we know it today. So it's not like it's been around forever. You know, it's about 100 years old. Okay. But before that, for 600 years, we never even had that concept. It was right. always privatized because right. why would you give somebody that level of a fucking authority <laughs> to do yeah. you know, it's it's a bad fucking idea so we can re we can change it back there's nothing stopping us from changing it back you know and then maybe it goes away maybe it stay i don't know but at least it's better than what we got now like sandy springs has a private police force they contracted out and they have the hot one of the highest um a couple <laughs> towns in georgia do that and they have the highest uh satisfaction with their police because they said, this is what you're going to do. This is it. This is your job. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> and they just do their fucking job. And then if they fuck it up, guess who loses the contract next year? Your guys. And now we get another group to come in and police. Okay. And that works for them. Now, granted, it's on a small scale. Will it scale properly? I don't know. But see, here's, here's the thing. An idea. With those individual cops that people say that they have a really good rapport with and that they like and that situation of private contracting, those individual cops, whether they wear a uniform of a privatized entity or they wear the uniform of a city that's connected to the state, they're the same person. Now, if person A fucks up in the private citizen or in the privatized situation, you get fired. You can get individually prosecuted, all that kind of thing. Sure. But then you also look at the law, the SOPs and SOGs that he was operating under and the guidelines as to which he functioned. Did he do everything by the book? Was what he did, what we all agree on that should have happened. Is that the standing operating procedure that should have happened? And if so, then all he was doing was his job. And the problem isn't him. It's the SOP, SOG. And that is exactly what should be done and dealt with in the current situation that the vast majority of cities in the United States are in. But the problem with that is, is that you have the good old hand of politics that come into play that then determine who's going to get reelected or who's not. And that has major, 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 major financial ties as to who's going to back, promote, and endorse the next politician. And the reason for that being is, of course, backdoor politics, mm -hmm. where they allow certain shit to happen, buildings to be built in places that shouldn't have been zoned, XYZ, yada, yada, yada. The concern 
for me isn't the individual cop per se. I think that's like such a minor number of the problems that that citizens encounter with officers. And that's exactly, I think the core of what you and I are both saying is that the officers themselves can be good guys. It's what that uniform that they wear represents and the laws that they are then trained and held to enforce. Trained. <laughs> well, trained. I would agree Two with that. Of community college. <laughs> Not, well, you do go through some training. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I've been through some of it and it's, it's hell. It ain't easy. And it's, it's very crazy to have to ha always have a, God, I can't think of the name of what you call him. One of the guys I worked with at the fire department, my old Lieutenant was one of these guys. And I can't remember what you call the title ship. Basically when you have a question about the legal parameters of operating as an officer, can I do this or can I not? It's, it's like a secret squirrel situation where you mm -hmm. call up and say, Hey, this is going on. I want to do this. I want to go and apprehend this. I want to go and do this. Can I legally do this? Well, were they in their house? Is the door open? Can you, you see it? Is it a speculation? Is it an actual factual event that you can witness? Is this, you know what I mean? Where they give you legal guidance. It's kind of like as a paramedic, you call a doctor and just get uh, medical medical direction to see if what you want to do is appropriate. Um, when you have a question as to an interaction with a drug or circumstance, whatever the case may be. And that's what that is for an officer. Now, if that legal advisor, I can't remember the name, if they guide you incorrectly and you go along with their advice, their guidance, then not only you, but they are then called into the proverbial HR, if you will. Now, the concern is what ramifications will happen to said officer and potential legal advisor that he called. And that'll be based on how big of an issue was it? Who saw it? And human interaction with other humans. How well do I know you? Do I like you? Are you a dick at my job and I really want to get you fired? Or are you one of, one of the good guys in my group and we go fishing on the weekends and am I going to, you know, just kind of let this shit blow over? There's a lot of things that come into play as to the ramifications of, of actions from a legal standpoint of an officer. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why policing is one of the most fragile and delicate things that we as a society have because it's our way of trying to enforce morality and ensure civility and safety. Now, that's a lot of weight to put on any individual when they got to put on a vest and a, and a, and a utility belt. But the, the, the thing is, the real concern, why the fuck do they have so many goddamn laws that they have to follow and enforce when they fly in the fucking face of the constitution. See, that's where, that's where my problem is. I don't have a problem with the constitution. I love the constitution. I love our 
Bill of Rights. I love the whole thing. The thing I don't love is when we have fuckhead politicians that come in and usurp that and use their own personal, what they perceive and then deem upon others to see as their superiority of said basis of our founding. You know, existence. I heard that. I heard a great, I heard a great uh, uh, analogy for my view of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Not that I don't love it, but I've been saying this for what I'm about to say for like 20 years, but I just didn't have a nice, eloquent way of putting it. The Bill of Rights and Constitution is the no gun zone poster at a university for the right. Like <laughs> the no gun zone poster on a school, who's that actually going to stop? You weren't supposed to bring a gun in here. You weren't supposed to do it. Yeah, but I did. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights is that way for the right. The right's like, you guys, you guys shouldn't do that. It's against the free speech. Oh, yeah, but I just did it. You guys, it has no actual binding authority because the state made it that they're their own enforcers. And why would the state <laughs> get in their own way? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that I and see that's the problem is that but I mean have, to be fair to the people that wrote that they they immediately saw that as the issue with it. They immediately saw. I remember uh, there's a uh, uh, again trying to remember my American history um, when they were writing. You know when they when they had a conspiracy and they threw away the uh, initial government of the U.S. for the one we got now. Um, they. Uh, <laughs> They, you know, they were talking, they were writing the Constitution and all that shit, which wasn't popular with half the states. No one could get agree with it. And they just kind of went, well, you're going to do it because I got these guns. <laughs> but so uh, Virginia was going to leave the fold if they didn't write this Bill of Rights. And uh, James Madison, who was in charge of, you know, brokering this deal with the conspirators at, in Washington, said why do we even do that we know it has no power <laughs> and they're like i know but i like the look of it and he's like didn't britain have a bill of rights and didn't they immediately ignore them well, yeah, i know but this time it'll be different i don't think so so he went there and he's like look virginia's gonna leave if we don't put make these special what and then it was they're like okay i mean if it if it makes them happy it doesn't really do anything okay and guess what it didn't really do anything <laughs> it just it, because like i said if you give right. someone the the responsibility and the final authority to police themselves, it's not going to end up good. <laughs> They're just going to go, I know, but this time it's different. Now, I know, I know we said that, but we really meant to say that. And who are you to say anything else? They're just, they're the ones with the big gun and they're, you're just going to, you know, it's, but uh, what I wanted to, I wanted to, before my spastic attention span drifts off anywhere, I think a big problem which is the police in general is the public's perception of the police because there's two perceptions. They're all jackbooted thugs. And I mean, as a profession, sure. But as like people, they're not, you know, there's a lot plenty, the more good cops than bad cops, plenty of decent people, you know, doing that. But you're, you're stuck with one of two really, uh, really strong narratives that people will gravitate towards. Either they're all evil and should be put up against the wall or they're all just, really good guys and they just got a really hard job so we should support everything they do now as a professional uh and uh, professional uh, baby killer uh i had that exact same uh out people put that exact same outlook on me exact same either i was a you know a baby killer or uh 
I'm the, one of America's heroes, and we gotta give them 10% off at uh, Applebee's, but not during the margarita, $2 margaritas because we're fucking fascists. Let's not give them that. Let's not give them what they want, but they can have this stale-ass fucking queso. We'll give them that. Okay, fine. I don't have taste. <laughs> That's why I did this job. I got no common sense. Okay. But the point is, like, if you, if you mythologize a group of people any, any way, you're not really seeing them as what they are. If you yeah. see cops as, well, they're all just doing a good job. You know, they could be decent people, but also enforce, you know, enforcing the state's interests, which go uh, more, uh, I'll say, entirely against your own personal interests and have no problem putting a bullet in your dog because he was being loud and they're just doing his job. And that's true. He's just doing his job. And you got to realize that they're just people. Right. And when you give people a job, they're just going to do it. So right. if, if my job is to patch up guys who will then go on to blow up a building full That's of fucking uh, rando uh, <laughs> Arab women and children and three insurgents inside. Oh, well, that's my fucking job. I'm still responsible for doing that destruction. But the, the American public wants to do one of two things. Either we're all evil or we're, we're you know, that uh, we're jesus is pre-come like what what are we supposed to do like and we're and we're always caught up in this and then we're always just a political tool at that point and yeah. we're and and if you just see people for what they are it's a lot easier to change their job and it's a lot easier to keep them accountable if you don't put these mythologized images on them if you don't say got to support our troops blah 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 blah, blah you would have a lot harder time justifying drone strike in the children's hospital. You'd have a lot harder time justifying that. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to do that because that's your sacred cow. No, 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 that's, no. that's now you're speaking from the point of view of a corrupt state politician. They don't want to do that. And I think that the mentality of the average human is it all goes back to people don't want to take responsibility. Why do we have taxes? Well, because who's going to pave the road? Who's going to, you know, do the sewage? Who's going to do this or that or whatever? People don't want to take the responsibility of having to say, okay, I'm an American citizen. I'm a homeowner. I live in a house or an apartment, whatever. So I'm going to have one of the requirements by state is a shovel. You have to have a shovel. You have to have a wrench. Why? Because every so often, every year you have to put in so many hours of manual labor in road work or whatever. Nobody wants to do that. People are willing to say, well, if I can negate doing that work and just pay an extra $200 a year and not have to do that, then hell yeah, I'll do that. And so then you come into the position of people that are willing to just fork over, and I'm just using numbers here, just random numbers, $200 a year. That gets me out of road work, that gets me out of aqueducting, that gets me out of all that stuff, right? So now, I am now elected into a place of, of political leadership. I'm a good guy. I honestly want the best for my country. I don't want to see shit burn. So I'm doing my job, but then a little way along the line, I start understanding that because again, friends are friends and humans are humans. Um, one of my college roommates, he owns this pharmaceutical company and, uh, you know, really what he's been talking while we go and fishing or going, whatever, he's been talking about the idea of potentially utilizing this vaccine on a nationwide scale to prevent people from getting certain diseases. Well, if we prevent people from getting certain diseases, that'll lower the 
cost of overall infrastructural need for medical assistance and all these other things. Okay, well, if we only invest this amount of money, say $1 billion into promoting and giving the resources of this vaccine, it could potentially save us $4 billion in medical costs. Okay, well, all right, I'll give Joe Blow this opportunity and I'm going to go ahead and do this backdoor deal and I'll say, hey, I endorse this vaccine for this set of reason because it'll do x y and z it'll cut our costs it'll help you this and blah 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 and da, da, da. he makes money and then he goes hey thanks man i appreciate that and he gives me cut well then i start looking around and i've been building my personal way of life because everybody spends what they have and now my needs are a little higher than what my income is because we all spend above our needs well how else am i gonna funnel my addictions to getting shit well, everybody's willing to spend $200 on this. What if I just say we're going to spend $220? So now just 20 bucks more, less than, a, less than $2 a month, increase in your taxes. And now I'm making an additional billion a year or whatever. So what am I going to do with this money? People know how much I make. That's all public knowledge. How can I justify that now all of a sudden I'm a millionaire, billionaire? Well, I got to find a place to put the money. So I'm going to put it in offshore bank accounts. Number one, that keeps it out of my hand, create a shell company, mm-hmm. say that, oh, I own a ice cream company and I just created it. So under this ice cream company and LLC, I'm going to have this bank in Switzerland tied to it. And I'm going to have all my money put over there. So it's under an LLC. I don't, I make the company generates less than $5,000 a year because I don't do shit with it. So therefore I don't have to pay. Yeah, and that's how that fucking works. It's taxes on it. So now I keep all my money offshore, out of my name, untaxed. I'm in the clear. And this is a prevalent practice in our politicians. Whether it's state, local, federal, it doesn't matter. Anybody that has the opportunity to increase a certain amount of money. Well, then you'd say, oh, well, how do you just randomly have that money, you know, Venmoed to your personal account? You can't do that. No, you're right. So then we have separate little entity funds that we must create. Um, Well, how about we have a fund that decides what would be the best source of water for the city? So now I'm going to spend, I'm going to allocate um a chunk of the money into people that are supposed to be uh inspecting and testing water supplies and yeah sure some of that money will have to actually go to pay the salaries of these scientists and places like that and resources so i'm cut out a little bit of money on that i don't get the full two x two billion extra in my pocket now i'm down to maybe 1.1 billion because i had to pay for for scientists and facilities and labs and testing and all this other shit but I'm not really going to utilize any of that data and we're just going to keep running with what we got. We're going to be like uh, Flint, Michigan and just keep running. And we're still going to have potholes in the road. Why? Yeah. Fuck it. That, and you know, this is, that's actually, you know, I got into an argument with a uh, ANCAP, um, which is the most autistic strain of uh, anarchists. <clears throat> and um, he and him and he, he just started, you know, railing off you know, taxation is theft. We've got to get rid of taxes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not theft all the time. Sometimes, most of the times it is. Most of the times I'll say it is because if you don't pay your taxes, who's going to come? Spoiler, the police will come to your door and either put a bullet in you or put you in a cage until you pay for some guy's fucking luxury house in uh, Boca. Okay. But I'm like, look, taxes are an inevitability. It doesn't matter what kind of makeup you put on it. 
because like you said it's it's at a point it becomes more convenient and people are just like i'll just pay this guy to do it for me you know and that's fine you know and i don't think that you're ever going to really escape that unless you want to live out in the woods by yourself which you should be allowed to do and pay no taxes but uh if you're going to live in a town you're gonna it just comes with the territory of the infrastructure of the town for you to do business and for you to be safe and all that there's just going to be a certain level of taxes now what where and like you said it'll always breed corruption it'll always breed it'll breed that because that's what money does if you if you give someone the ability to uh to allocate funds unilaterally they're going to do that it -hmm. doesn't matter who it is and you know then just the bureaucracy grows and blah 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 what um, I will say it was an interesting way of handling it is how, what New Hampshire did with taxes. Um, so a lot of their infrastructure, from my understanding, their infrastructure costs are handled through property taxes, which trust me, they do not approve of that concept of property taxes. And I'm just like, OK, man, whatever. But uh, what they do is they said, OK, we're going to take this amount of money from you. You get to choose where you're going to put it because it's for the public's good. That's what the taxes are supposed to be for. It's for public good and for us to be a more cohesive group. You get to choose where your taxes go. So you're gonna get, we're gonna tax this amount of money out of your whatever. Where do you want your money allocated? So this is preset. We need this for roads and pipes and all that shit. Where do you want the remainder of your money to go? And you can pick the animal shelter, you can pick uh, uh, a halfway home you can pick whatever the hell you want and then the state goes okay there you go so there's a there's a charity in uh, or a uh, organization in new hampshire that exists to help people homeschool their kids to give them resources and teach them how to teach their kids so people will take their money that was allocated for the public schools and say i don't want it going to them i want it to go to this organization okay but the point is that you have to you have to figure out a way to effectively atomize these structures so that even when they do go bad, and it's just a matter of time before they go bad, the damage and the ripple effects from the damage is lessened to the point where it's insignificant. And you kind of go, oh, okay. And you have no problem just firing a guy or moving it around. You have to keep it atomized and keep it small and keep their, their scope really tight. And, you know, it's a lot. It's not, I don't even think it's a lot of work to do that. But it just takes a group of people honest with themselves. You have to honestly understand what's happening. And most people, you know, they like to give platitudes to themselves. But the fact of the matter is they elect people and they approve of bills and they do all this as a proxy for them dominating their neighbors. They want to be the big guy on the block. So they are willing to elect somebody who they know will step on their throat. And they'll say, well, we're all in this together. Blah, blah, blah. In reality, no, they're, they're happy that you got your neck stepped on. That was their whole goal. And since they don't have the power and they're low status themselves, this is the best they're going to get. This is the best they're yeah. going to get is by leveraging the tax system, leveraging the, me- uh, the mechanism to oppress their neighbors. And that's it. And it doesn't matter who's in power, parties, whatever. That's what they're going to do. But if you atomize it to the point where, okay, that's going to happen, sure. But how much damage are they going to do? You know, how much are they going to be able to do? And you make it so it's insignificant. It doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter. Then you're back to people. Then then your neighbor is going to have to justify. So really what it comes down to is. No, go ahead. Well, so really what it comes down to is just being able to have a better understanding of checks and balances. Now we have the legislative, judicial, and executive 
on a federal level. On the local levels, I think that's really where we need to step up. I don't think we need to be allocating more money to anything and that, else. And that, other and that's than a, the, I'm uh, glad you said that because regulation. people have this, you know, they're, they're, a lot of people get hopeless when they see just the sheer amount, the, the sheer mass of the monster that is the government, the federal government raining down on them. And they don't understand, and they see the same thing, but to a lesser degree when they see their state government doing it. What they don't realize is that the, all the governments really are giant bureaucracies. And unless mm. you've worked inside one, you don't know how they work. Yep. So let's take the ATF, for example, because this is because I am, I am a huge fan of the ATF, <laughs> just because they are the most incompetent group in government. You have, you have ATF-sponsored underwear on. I have, my, AT, I, I have my, my Ruby Ridge wasn't a mistake underwear on. I do it every day. It's my anniversary thong. Uh, I have Waco wasn't whacked, uh, tattoo, uh, burned into my wall. Uh, so like the ATF is the federal enforcers for these, their gun laws, right? Whatever it is. Um, you have and, uh, it Showtime tattooed on your back. <laughs> 1993, Waco. <laughs> Showtime 93. It was a good year to be alive because we got to watch it and see those fucks get what they deserve. Um, Jesus Christ. The, uh, the, and by the way, if you guys can't tell, we're very, very, we're very anti-ATF. This is satire, ladies and gentlemen. Well, For those of you that are why, just waking up. This is not entirely satire in my, my point. So. Oh, God. This is why, okay? So the ATF is a government bureaucracy, just like the FBI, all the alphabet agencies, right? Uh-huh. Unlike the other alphabet agencies, the ATF only has authority, only has power because people think it does, you know, they don't got a lot of manpower. So their bureaucracy, I think if I'm not mistaken, and I might be on the exact numbers, but they got 10,000 people that make up the ATF. They have 10,000 people of that 10,000 people, 9,000 people are bureaucrats. They're just administrators. They have no ability to do anything. And of the remaining 10,000 people that are there, only 5,000 are field agents that go out and kick down doors. 5,000 people. Do you think the, the ATF actually has any fucking authority? They have four, almost 400 million people in this country. How in the fuck are they actually going to enforce anything with 5,000 agents? The they got to influence local departments. Got to, and they, just, they hold their financial funding over the, the state and local police departments. Again, I'm such a great fan. They hold it. And then they do the bidding of the ATF. If, if, even if they don't agree with it, they'll do it for the money. So the ATF and the DEA, this is how you destroy the, the ATF like we did with the DEA. So the DEA is the, a similar story. They don't really got a lot of feet on the ground. They just don't got the manpower. So they can't enforce our war on drugs. They just can't physically do it. So what happens when good, you get- That was a good use of money in the- yeah, wasn't that a fucking great use of money? So First place, right? What happens when 30 out of 50 states say, no, nah, we're going to decriminalize weed. We're going to make it legal. And you, the Fed's like, you can't do it. It's illegal. Blah, 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 blah. Watch mm-hmm. us. We're not going to enforce it anymore. So you better have your guys do it because you're not getting any of our help. Yep. The DEA dis-a-fucking-peers. It can stay there as a, as a, as a little tag nut on the on the federal teat but uh 
they got no fucking authority. So they still, you know, they get, because people are still afraid of coke and meth and all that shit, uh, they can still get the police departments to work with them. But even that, it's starting to fade. Because when California, one of the good things about California, when those rabid retards decided to legalize weed, and then the ATF was coming in, busting in legal, state legal weed stores, uh, the people in California weren't pleased with that. And guess who gets the blame? Do you think it's the ATF that gets all the flack for that? Oh, no. You, it's the local cop that they know who lives in their neighborhood that did that. They get So the cops are like, I am not about to go get shot over some bullshit that shouldn't be around anyway. You're on your own. And guess how many <laughs> weed stores have been shut down by the feds and only the feds in California since? And then Colorado did it. And then Washington did it. And then D.C. did it. Then New York did it. Then Michigan does it. Then Georgia will do it eventually, you know. But all Arizona does it. What are you going to do? And then they can't justify their budget, so they shrink. And their own system destroys them because that's how the bureaucracy works. Do the same shit with the ATF. Just be like, uh, you know, like uh, every 30 states say, you know what? We're not going to do concealed carry licenses. You can carry whatever you want. We don't care if you have a machine gun. We're not going to tax it. We're not going to do shit. Have at it. What's the ATF going to do with their 5,000 guys? You think those 5,000 guys are going to go through every one of those 30 states and bust in Bubba's door when they know he's got a fucking M60 behind it? Nah, they're not going to do that. You know? See, here's the thing, man. You got what you were talking about earlier, the issue with uh, our Constitution and overall laws in conjunction with how states then are allowed to have the ability to create laws that would fly in the face of said federal law. If we had enough governors with balls to actually sit there and say, look, we don't need big government. We don't need the FBI. Imagine that. We don't need the FBI. Look at all the bullshit flack that the FBI is getting right now. They're coming out and saying that the biggest problem with America, the biggest concern, the biggest threat is white supremacy. Get the fuck out of here. You kidding me? I can't, you, I couldn't even, I could go to Backwoods, Alabama, and I know my way around Alabama. You go to Backwoods, Alabama, and I'd be hard pressed to find me an actual card carrying Klansman. Yeah, they're not like, what they used i i've known them (laughs) because i grew up in the you know rural but like i've known them sticks boy it it is such a small group of people that it's insignificant which is good too because basically society rendered them obsolete exactly things society will weed out problems on its own through the necessity of functionality when you have interracial mingling and children and next generation who are biracial quadracial whatever you want to call it then that in itself eliminates your quote-unquote systemic racism now when you have issues that concern people that are prevalent to a certain demographic of or a statistic of crime related then that is a cultural issue, not a 
racial issue. Yeah, it's because it's, you got to see the through culture of the culture of what people say racial discrimination or systemic racism is when they say, oh, cops are always in a black neighborhood. Why is it always a black guy that gets walked around behind and make sure he doesn't steal anything? Why is it always that a black man can't do anything with his life and he can't go and promote himself into a better position? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't think a white guy created BET or vibe or any of these other predominant only one race um, outlets of media, what are they predominantly promoting? Drug use, gang violence, criminal behavior, adolescent, teen pregnancy. And uh, no one wants that more than the state because they get to use that to get more fucking money and authority. And you just fall right into their fucking trap. And- and it's a catch twenty two where you say, "Oh, well, this is our, this is our, this is our heritage." Well, wouldn't you want to make your heritage better? This is our culture. Well, don't you want to make your culture better? I mean, if that's what you want, go for it. But don't don't cry to me when you have a problem from those said things that you are defending. I mean, is that a predominantly only? Uh, a, a black problem? No, that's everywhere. You find that in the trailer park. You find that anywhere. The thing is, you got poor behavior out of every race, color, and creed. You've got poor life choices out of every human on the face of this earth. But what you promote to be the standard or to be the status quo or to be the acceptable behavior that is where you need to have a reevaluation. Because if you're sitting here saying not every race has to have a discussion with their kids about how to act run a cop, why not? Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't every race have a discussion with their kids and say, hey, when a cop pulls you over, hands tend to roll down all your windows, turn your music off, turn your cars off, put your keys on the dashboard, put your license registration on the dashboard next to keys, look the officer in the eye and do not do anything without the officer's intent. That's just common sense. Don't be stupid. So you're telling me that it's a racial issue that a certain race of people can't make good decisions? That to me sounds more racist than anything else. Yeah. You're telling me that a black man can't make that good decision? I mean, come on. I'm not saying that a black man is less intelligent than any other race or a white man is more intelligent. I'm saying everybody has the equal opportunity to be intelligent if you so choose to. So choose to. You know, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up trailer parks in passing because you are making such a good argument. You're selling anarchism better than I could. <clears throat> so like why aren't trailer parks well besides the cultural um but even even that uh uh even that put aside for a second why aren't trailer parks seen in the same way as the projects trailer parks are privately owned atomized areas mm-hmm. all the bullshit that happens in a trailer park stays in that fucking trailer park mm-hmm. this taxpayer the involvement on that taxpayer to that trailer park besides the welfare mamas is the cops going in there busting shit up 
They don't pay for the upkeep of the place. They don't pay for none of that shit. That is up to the people in the trailer park. What's the difference between that and the projects? The projects were made by the fucking state in very conscious in a very conscious location for a very conscious purpose. Income generation. <laughs> you know? Like if we if it was the same way, if it would like if we today just decided that this whole bulls this shit was done, do you really think that the that that a city will allow a project to still do what it's doing in its city limits? No. Or do you think they're just gonna kick their ass out? Yep. And they're not gonna do business, they're just gonna kick their ass out, and then they end up in guess what? A fucking trailer park on the outside of town. And they can do all the hood rat shit they want to do out there. Who gives a shit? It's out there, not here. And that's the whole my whole concept yep. of atomizing. If you make it, it could be as big of a problem as it wants to be, but if it's over here and it doesn't really ripple anywhere else, who gives a shit? It's on them. And then guess what? They have the they have all the authority, all the power, and all the potential to change that for themselves and make that not so. They can do, change it. As soon as they want to change it, they're fine to change it. You know they what we need to themselves, do? They do all that shit. That's fine. You know what we need to do? We need to find a new Australia and just ship out all of our degenerates over there. We do. It's called California. We just ship them right the fuck That's what there. We do. And Honolulu. Just send their asses right fucking there. But uh, Georgia was the Australia <laughs> before Australia, and it hasn't changed much. <laughs> Atlanta's still a prison colony. <laughs> Atlanta was doing really good for 20 years, and now the 90s Atlanta is back. It's just dead bodies yep. and, and trap music. And that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. We got our culture back. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I think that the biggest system, you want to talk about a systemic problem in America? I'll tell you what I think the systemic problem in America. And here's your segment, folks. You ready for this? Hit it again. Oh, man. The segment of, I'm going to talk about what I don't give a fuck about. So, oh, that's my train of thought. God damn it. Oh, yep, there you go. so the thing I don't give a fuck about is when people say that we have a systemic issue in America, I don't care what it is. We're talking about racism, call it whatever. Here's what I think the systemic problem is in America. Laziness, mm -hmm. a lack of self responsibility. When you don't have the responsibility to take care of your own kids and you expect the school to, when you don't have the responsibility to make your own decisions according to what your boss says and if it's legally, ethically, or morally correct. When you don't have the balls to take care of your own problems and expect someone else to. And I don't care what that is. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be frank with you right now. I mean, Am I thankful that we have systems in place like social security and disability and things like that? Yeah, I am more than ever. Trust me, trust me. But I'm going to tell you this. I work my ass off for 20, 20 years and did a lot of shit to my body and broke it down in ways that I wish I didn't know uh, looking back on it because I was young and dumb. But if you don't even try, if you don't even care, if you don't even give a fuck about 
your offspring, your family, your neighborhood, your culture, your race, whatever, whatever. If you don't, if you don't care, if you don't, the thing that pisses me off and I don't really give a fuck about is when people sit there and want to talk about how great their race is or their culture is or their whatever that they're promoting, whether it's a Mexican flag because they're Hispanic, whether it's a, I don't know, Wakanda flag, I don't give a fuck, whatever it is that you want to promote, but then you're going to go and do some dumb shit that makes it, makes you look all that much dumber. When you don't take any pride, you have zero self-awareness as to what it is that you're doing. I don't give a fuck about what it is you're saying is the problem anymore because you're the problem. When you don't take any accountability for anything and you say it's because of the white man, because it's because of this, because it's because of that, you have zero accountability for your own actions. You're the problem. And whatever problem you think you have and whatever problem you say is America's, that's what I don't give a fuck about. Mm -hmm. Hit him with the woo. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> this is just fantastic. There, there it is. Go. Rick Flair was tired. It's not his Rick fault. Flair was tired. No, he's fault. tired. He's tired. He's old man. He spent his days. He spent long nights. Going from one city to another. Years kissing the girls and making them cry. All right, man. Well, I think that's a great spot to end episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, look, I know this podcast is pretty much going to be one of the things that's going to be blacklisted, taken down on every every uh, social media access point that's in the well-known we talk about things and share points of views that aren't necessarily popular. And that's the whole point about free speech. And that's the whole point about getting you to think if something's too taboo to say, then you need to say it. And I say that as someone that believes in God, believes in Jesus, my heart and soul go, is in, is in the Lord. I do believe that there are things that are sinful. I do believe there are things that are wrong. But you have to figure out why they're wrong. I, I Don't just do go along with someone you. saying that something's wrong. That doesn't mean that you need to go and do a drug. Yeah. I have. I have that don't mean that you got to go and do a drug to figure out why. It's very bad. expensive taste, so I expect people to give me money to hear me talk because they should love hearing the sound of my voice half as much as I love hearing my own. Yeah, he needs a GoFundMe because he needs some new gators. I need lizard shoes. I threw away my old pair. I need daddy needs his white gator shoes back. It's now, just that simple. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you guys for anybody out there. That's, that's going to be a, listening to this for 10 seconds and give us more than just 10 seconds, because we're going to say some shit. That's going to probably be very offensive to you right off the cuff, but there's a reason for it. We're not here for shock value. We're not here to just try and be dicks on a radio show. We're, we're dicks every day to everybody. Every, just who we are. It's just we're, who we are. we're just trying to figure out day by day. No one's perfect. No one knows everything. We're just trying to figure things out. Speak for yourself.
I have all the answers. And the whole point is think, think. Don't trust a politician. Don't trust your pastor. Don't trust anybody. Think, think for yourself. Find, find your own truth. And I don't mean your own truth as in some stupid libtard. I believe I'm a helicopter today. I mean, do some actual fucking research. And it, when the truth becomes something that's so taboo that can't be said, uh, then that's when things need to happen. That's more than just talk. So thankfully we're not at that point yet, but uh, check us out where we're going by anything. We'll see where it goes and uh, we'll holler at y'all later.